Listening to the flip side with Noah Philippiad, connecting the reality of the gospel to the grid of life. You can support the podcast and pick up some sweet flip side swag at www.patreon.com slash Noah Philippiad. What is up, y'all? Welcome to episode 70 of the Flipside Podcast. For those of you watching on the YouTube, you will see my fierce barbarian grizzly bear beard for those of you that are only listening let me let me give you a little beard scratchiness into the microphone can you hear that what if i rub my beard up against the the pop filter why do i have this incredibly hairy face right now well as you know for those of you listening what the world has been waiting for has been for the Flipside podcast to get to 10 patrons on our Patreon page. Once we got to 10 patrons, I was committed to growing out my beard for 30 days. Well, guess what? We got to 10 patrons. That's right. I mentioned this on one of the five-minute flips, which I hope you listen to. Five-minute flips are not on YouTube. They can only be found if you subscribe to the podcast feed. But we hit our 10. I'm on day 17 right now. 17. So I'm over the hill. I'm on the home stretch. I would say days 7 through 14 were the worst, where my face was really itchy and it felt like someone had plastered latex paint uh, across the bottom of my head. And uh, it was just my task to to wear it. I, th- I think now I'm past that itchy stage. And uh, we'll just see how fierce this thing gets by the end of the month. This is close to the longest I've ever had it. This is close. So, yeah, I know you're all very interested. I know the world, the gossip magazines, they're, they're putting photos of my beard, uh, People Magazine, all those things. I know that. Um, you, can, you can get photo updates on my Instagram page and my... My uh, my Facebook author page, I, I post uh, hour by hour updates of the growth so that we can just click play and watch a movie of it growing over two weeks every hour. That's not true. I did do a day one and I did do a day 15 and I will do a day 30. So lots of fun. And, uh, the you know, honestly, the Patreon stuff. I've shared this before, but I'm three quarters time at my church plant. So I founded Mosaic Church in Grand Rapids and I'm three quarters time so that we can hire other staff. We're an urban church. I do my own fundraising. I'm like a missionary in that sense. And your support on Patreon allows me to do that. This is my supplemental income uh, to make up for that quarter salary. Uh, No, we are not close to being at that goal of a quarter salary. Uh, but it does free up my time to get to podcast a little bit and uh, to be able to invite you to jump in in a fun way to both support the flip side and um, my ventures as a church planter. I will also say I'm drinking from my new Flipside swag cup. My third favorite podcast is the flip side. It, yes, it has a long kind of gross coffee uh, drip down the side of it. But you know what? It's it's charming. 
This I just ordered for myself. I have my flip upon in my mug, but I needed to display to our, our legions of YouTube viewers uh, the, the swag you can get if you become a Patreon follower. You can get your own. My third favorite podcast is the Flipside Mug, which I just drank some delicious Chris's Blend from. Yes, Angry Brew. Uh, they're over here. Ooh, there's there we go. Yes, they Angry Brew sponsors our show. Uh, Angry Brew is part of Five Lakes Coffee. Five Lakes Coffee also produces Chris's Blend. A dollar of every bag goes to an orphanage in Honduras. And if you go to FiveLakes.com or AngryBrew.com and order a bag of either coffee, use the promo code FLIP, and uh, you'll get 10% off your order. And that's another way you can support. What's going on here? Let me tell you, uh, some folks are not supporting. Some folks are not supporting uh, what's going on on the flip side. So this is episode 70. Uh, I, episode 69 was our, our most recent, and I interviewed Jack and Becky Saitsema. Uh, they're in a mixed orientation marriage. Jack is same-sex attracted or gay, uh, depending on, on what term uh, you'd like to use. He sort of uses both uh, in different contexts. And it's interesting because I have a modest email subscription list. So you can go to my uh, uh, com and click subscribe. And what that means is whenever I post a blog post, you'll get it in your inbox. So whenever we post, so I do some blogging, not as much in, in recent days. I hope to pick that up again someday. But um, I do blog periodically. But every time I create a flip side episode, it gets posted on the blog, which means it ends up in your inbox if you're a subscriber. You know, periodically people unsubscribe. That's fine every once in a while. So uh, there's a, f a few hundred, I think six, seven hundred people on that list. And so this isn't like a huge percentage, but it was just it just seemed interesting and worth noting and talking about that. Uh, by the way. I was had guests lined up for today. They weren't able to make it today, so you're just getting me. So just buckle up. Get get ready. You're just getting me. We're going to talk about a lot of substantive stuff. We're not just going to talk about silly things. And this is this is of substance that I, where I'm what I'm getting to here. But we are going to bounce around a little bit, so be ready for that. Um, yeah. So so I got you get an unsubscribe notice when somebody unsubscribes. I used to look at who they were and I stopped because it was like hurt my heart. Oh. I know that person. <laughs> they don't love me anymore. Uh, so I, d I just delete them now. If, I, if I'm if i really disciplined, I don't look anymore who's unsubscribing. Y again, it's normal. You get I get tons of stuff in my inbox, my promotion folder, whatever. You know, I get it. I have, I have literally like dozens and dozens and dozens of emails that are unread uh, all the time in my inbox. So no offense if you've ever unsubscribed. But... I got six unsubscribes after posting the episode about Jack and Becky, and uh, I just find that to be uh, interesting. You know, I find that to be interesting that there was there was something about getting a headline about a mixed orientation marriage, uh, about the headline um, having to do with LGBTQ. Oh, and the, the second side of it was, and how should plus it was it was it was their marriage plus. How should the church treat LGBTQ plus people? And I can't help but think that that title uh, motivated those six people to unsubscribe. Because I've never had six in one day unsubscribe. That's, that'd be a lot for, for the size of my 
of my mailing list. And yeah, just in a way, it made me thankful that we did the interview because it shows it shows the need for it. I and I really think, and we talked about this both in episode sixty-seven again as a two-part two-parter, episode sixty-seven, episode sixty-nine. 67, I gave my own thoughts on the topic of LGBTQ plus within the church and, uh, and, and people who are LGBTQ uh, plus. And, and then I, I, I shared a sermon from Pastor Jack. His, and his sermon was his testimony basically coming out to his church that he's gay slash same-sex attracted. And uh, it's, it's, it's a really important subject to talk about. So in both episodes, 67 and 69, we, we addressed how it, it often feels like, and you may feel like, there's two stances on this. Or in whatever side you're on, you, you're, you're comfortable in this, this, this world where there's only two choices within like Christianity. Uh, you're, either, you're either what we would call open and affirming, which is that you you'd even you know possibly look to the bible and say the the bible says it's okay for there to be gay sex basically right that's that's kind of what what at the end of the at the end of the day gay marriage uh is okay uh gay sex and you might say gay sex within gay marriage is okay uh and 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 so you'd have denominations and and churches that would have um that would be officiating gay weddings and and clergy, you know, who are who are gay and in relationships, um, who are in gay marriages themselves, and then you have the other side, the kind of option, the other option. There's only this this idea that there's only two options. Then the other option would be that, and I've heard this said by by friends, like really well-meaning pastors. I, I heard a, a pastor say, homosexuality is a sin, and and within that camp that. Let me just, you can't say that phrase. That, that That's such a, you don't even know how loaded of a phrase that is because when you say homosexuality is a sin, so the seven-year-old boy who discovers for the first time that he is attracted to other boys, he's in sin because he just figured out he's got a crush on Tommy. He's seven years old, like, in the same way that I don't know when I, I, I you know when I was in I think I had the, my first crush on a girl first grade first grade was like the first I don't know what age is that what age is first grade uh, seven maybe I think that's seven yeah so like I had a crush on a girl I didn't choose that I just did it you know I just had that I just had that that crush so my point is. Oh, I don't want to repeat the whole episode. Go back to read, listen to. I talked for a long time on episode 67. That's not my point here. My point is in that second option that we think there's only two options that that we say same-sex attraction is a sin, to be have a homosexual orientation is a sin. It's this idea and I think it's a lot of I don't know what the right right what the right word is. Um, rhetoric feels strong because rhetoric usually is like you know what you're doing. You're you're trying to kind of say this, almost like propaganda. I don't I don't mean that like in the political sense. I think I think we 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 do it sort of naively, but we think and this was common back in the '90s to where the belief was because we just didn't know we straight Christians evangelicals 
we didn't know gay people. We didn't we didn't have relationships with them. And so we just saw like the behavior. We saw what we saw and we just assumed they were all choosing it. They're choosing to be gay. You know, you're choosing you're choosing to if you're a man go have sex with a man. The Bible says that that's wrong. So it's homosexuality is wrong. What we didn't know is that by and large the vast majority of LG you know, LGBT, I even, I have issues with the T being a, being attached to the LGB because lesbian, gay, bisexual is very different than trans. Those are two different things. Um, so, uh, but, but anyway, my, my point is to be lesbian, gay, bisexual, um, particularly lesbian, gay, well, I'm bisexual as well, but you, you, you're, the, the vast majority of your everyday LGB person, they don't choose that, right? They don't choose that. And so ever since then, as as we being conservative, biblically, you know, evangelicals have began, wow, like meeting you and hearing your stories and hearing how much damage uh, the way we taught things in the 90s and, and prior, you know, 70s, 80s, the way that we taught things damaged you and shamed you and stigmatized you and traumatized you. We've been trying to, I think, piece together uh, a, a biblical theology ever since. And it's all over the place, but there's not just two views. And and so this view that I, I would say is that on the other end of the, of the extreme of the spectrum is not an accurate biblical view, nor, you know, is it helpful to say homosexuality is a sin? Because again, by and large, the majority of, and this this we could we could add LGBTQ plus people, uh, they can't change. They want to change. Many of them, uh, Christians particularly, praying. You know, Jack talked about praying away the gay. That was Jack and Becky said that was that was what you were taught back in the eighties and nineties. Pray away the gay. Well, they tried to pray away the gay, and a gay didn't go away. There's another there's another rhyme for you. Freestyling on the flip side today. Uh, the gay didn't go away. It didn't go away. And so now what? So now you're telling somebody you're in sin for an attraction that God isn't taking away. So now you're really in a now you're 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 really in a place of of uh, well, does God hate me? He gave this thing to me, and now he won't take it away. And you're telling me it's a sin. Okay, so there there's there's views somewhere in the middle where where we could have incredible compassion for lgbtq plus people realizing again the majority are not choosing this attraction for those who are yeah i would say that's a sin <laughs> choose against that uh if if you like if you can if you're just saying i want to mess around i want to be adventurous uh i'm bored with heterosexuality or Whatever it may be, maybe I was rejected too many times, and so by by the opposite sex, and so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, you know, I'm gonna go try my own my own gender out, uh, you know, whatever it may be. If if yes, that's out there. Let's talk about that. That's fine. Um, and and certainly as this becomes more normalized in society, more people are gonna see it as a hey, I have a choice. I can choose this one or that one, and it's and and I think it's fine for us to address. Uh, hey, back to uh, back to. Where, where we all sit as heterosexual, homosexual uh, orientations that 
I, I, I don't get to just choose, you know, outside of here's God's design for marriage between a man and a woman. And, 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 and in that sense, we're in the same boat that, that we're confined to that when it comes to our sexual behavior. And I don't just get to choose something outside of that. Uh, and if I did, it would be, it would be in disobedience of what God has designed. But now, but people are gay or, or same-sex attracted. And so, Again, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of repeating some of these other things. And this isn't the only thing I want to talk about today. This is in response to why did six people unsubscribe <laughs> when they saw this headline? And I think it's because they see it and they probably are going, oh, Noah's open and affirming. I don't want that crap in my inbox. I don't want that. He's unbiblical. I'm throwing it out. I'm unsubscribing. That's. I think that's what I think because they think... How should the church treat LGBTQ plus people? Throw them out. You know, that's what we should do. There's no place for them here. That's completely, that's terrible. That's a completely unbiblical, terrible view. Uh, if, if, that's, if that's what anyone out there thinks uh, about how we should treat LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus people. And um, so I just, I should probably get off this subject. And I, I do want to jump into our mailbag because we, uh, Within, um, sorry, it's just checking something. Within the mailbag, we do have um, uh, a response from from the episode sixty seven from a friend who is uh, same sex attracted himself, and so I want to read that. Uh, I want to read that to you because I think it's just I think it's helpful because for those of you that don't know, gay same sex attracted people, you need to hear stories like Jack's. You need to hear stories like my friend on the email. Um, I, I recommend the podcast uh, Life on Side B. Uh, again, that's Life on Side B, like the letter B. Uh, the Life on Side B podcast uh, interviews Side B Christians, for the most part, who are who are struggling with what does it mean to be gay, to be same-sex attracted, and to to obey the Bible, <laughs> to, to obey God in the sense that like sex is meant for a man and a woman within marriage. That is not what comes naturally to me. And there's many paths. Uh, frankly, not all that I fully agree with. And I, within the Side B community, they don't all agree with each other. But to just hear these stories and to develop empathy for someone who struggles with something that you don't struggle with is really important. Because, man, I just think it's so easy back to like the 80s and 90s. It's really easy to condemn a struggle and attraction that you don't have. It's, uh, it's, it's like... How often do you hear sermons on greed in America? Not very often. Guess what? Because we're super greedy. <laughs> and so, like, everybody, for the most part, in the church in America is really greedy. And in certain socioeconomic circles, if you're out in the suburbs or wherever, and, and you're on that side of privilege, uh, you're, you're riding the capitalism surfboard. And you're just like, yep, pile it on more and more. Bigger barns. I, I need bigger barns to fit all my grain. I got to tear down my old ones and build it. let's eat, drink, and be merry. I, I've never heard any scripture on that before. <clears throat> I, that's a joke. It's dry humor. It has. It's in Luke. I don't remember what chapter because I'm not that big of a Bible whiz. Uh, but it's in Luke, the parable of the, what is it? The barns? The man who builds bigger barns. I don't know. That doesn't have the nice ring to it on the NIV sub subtitle. But that's who we are. We're the dude building bigger barns, and we're not being rich toward God. He, God kills the guy, and he says, that's what will happen to you if you 
store up wealth for yourself and you're not rich towards God. And we can you can debate on what that means. It it doesn't just mean tithe, I can tell you that. Anyway, you don't hear sermons on greed and on materialism and accumul- all accumulating all this crap. Uh, while, while, again, oh man, get me on a whole nother rabbit trail there. I'll really get lots of unsubscribes. But it's because the pastor would be indicting him or herself. It's because they'd be indicting 80 to 90% of the congregation. They'd all leave. So let's instead preach some sermon on how it's a sin to be gay and homosexual. You know, and that, 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 that's typically like, homosexuality is a sin. It's like, yeah, because you're straight. So, like, good, you know, and, and so is most of your congregation. And the ones who aren't straight, they would never dare say anything because you just, you just condemn them for something that they, they don't even control. Uh, again, through all this, yeah, uh, the, the s- sexual act, the gay sex is a sin. And, uh, and, and you can be gay and not have gay sex. So uh, just like you can be straight and not have sex, right? You're still straight, uh, right? And, and again, uh, Wesley Hill, Washington Waiting, super good. Uh, Greg Cole, single gay Christian, super good. Some, some interviews I've done on, on this, the podcast, you want to go back and listen. Nate Collins, really good interview. Wesley Hill, really good interview. Uh, obviously, the two episodes I just did with Jack and then Jack and Becky. Uh, Lori Krieg. Another mixed orientation marriage. Uh, that interview is really good. Check that out. And uh, their, her book with Matt, her husband Matt, um, Impossible Marriage. Very good book if you're straight uh, or not straight. That's a super, super helpful good book about God's design for marriage. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, the email. The email. Um, somebody recently just told me that they like the, the mail time the mail time drop. So we're going to go with the mail time drop. Haven't used it in a while. Here we go. Let's open up that old dusty, crusty mail bag. It's mail time. Mail time. Mail time. All right. I, <laughs> I'm having some audio issues and I'm wondering if earlier in the show, I, Oh, no, it won't matter. It won't matter. Never mind. I'm good. I'm good now. I forgot that we're doing this in a new way. We're good. We're golden. If you really want to know, which you don't, I hate hearing myself in the headphones. And I don't exactly know how to turn it off. So that's why on the YouTube, when you see my arm doing this, I'm turning this off so I can't hear myself. Because it drives me crazy. It's like if you're on the phone, you ever on the phone with somebody on a cell phone and you can hear yourself? Somehow there's like an echo of you. I lose my mind. I can't do that. So same thing on the podcast. All right. So we're opening up uh, the mailbag. And um, I I don't know. You can tell me if you want me to say your name, friend. Because when people talk about being same subtracted and everything, I don't know. I just want to be sensitive with, with that. So anyway, this is uh, uh, someone I know just through the podcast uh, over the years, which is which is wonderful, and um, he really liked Pastor Jack's story. He listened to it twice, and so um, he wants to know how he was received by his church and denomination. We talked about that a bit in episode sixty nine. I know a lot of people left. I do know that. I know a lot of people left, and it was really hurtful. And they're kind of rebuilding uh, from scratch. Honestly, because they were a newer church plant, a few years, like five year old maybe. I'm, 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 rough estimate. 
and so now they're rebuilding kind of from scratch, but with this renewed vision uh, to be a church that 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 is able to intentionally minister to LGBTQ people wherever they're at with their sexual ethic, while um, giving a compelling vision, you know, of Jesus is uh, of Jesus as as our as our romance uh, and and. Um, and the nuanced path of discipleship that that looks like for for all LGBT people, um, while while you know Jack and Becky are they 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 don't shy away from what they believe the biblical sexual ethic is, uh, but yeah, but like I said, just like those six people that unsubscribed when they saw that title, they there's like just for whatever reason, certain conservative Christians just don't have a compartment to be able to say one that the attraction itself isn't a sin like they're so set on the attraction is a sin even though the bible never says that so you can make up your own stuff you can add to the bible but so it's the attraction's a sin so i'm unsubscribing or i'm i'm leaving your church or there's this idea that there's not a process for people like people aren't allowed to be in process so like don't come into our church if what you have your boyfriend or girlfriend with you like they can't come in and hear jesus they can't come in and hear the compelling life that he has you know for them it's messy and people just don't want to get messy they just don't want to they, they just uh, anyway so yeah people left just like they unsubscribe uh, and uh, that sucks um so so yeah uh, he had a question for for jack and becky and and um Let me just jump into this paragraph here because I, I really like this. He says, uh, one other thing, a life with SSA can be redeemed. Not by becoming straight or getting married or by living out a faithful walk. Living with unwanted SSA is hard because this person writing this is living with that. You have to find what's true and living in Christ to do that faithfully. Jesus said in John 12 that if you hate your life in this world, you'll keep it for eternal life. There's a lot to hate about a life of SSA in this world. But finding in Christ joyful endurance to do that is a genuine testimony of Christ to the world, but also to the church, to the world that Jesus is worth it all, and to the church what the cross looks like on the narrow road. And I'm saying SSA because that's my journey, but it's also the guy in the wheelchair, it's the homeless, it's the poor, it's minorities, it's anyone dealing with long-term circumstances that are hard and who tend to get marginalized in the life of the church. Faithfulness in the margins has a lot to say to the church. And that is helpful for us to hear from someone who's in the margins, right? And this is one person's perspective, and it's it's really helpful. It's really helpful to hear. So thank you. Uh, thank you for that email. And you can always, as always, I should mention with the mailbag, you can always email the show, podcast at beyondthebattle.net. And I like to read those uh, on air and interact with them. So I want to talk a little bit today uh, about kind of a new a new subject. Just uh, I want us to think about eternity and evangelism. So eternity and evangelism. And I've been thinking about these recently for a couple of reasons. Uh, I had an uh, acquaintance from high school pass away recently. I saw it on Facebook. Um, you know, I don't live in the same state that I went to high school in, so I'm not super close with kind of lost touch with high school friends when I when I went off to college. I'm so old that Facebook did not exist when I graduated high school. <laughs> so I believe 
Facebook came out when I was in college. I'm probably around the same age as Mark Zuckerberg if he, he created it in college. Uh, but it, it had not hit my college yet. And I got on Facebook, I think, two or three years after college. And, and, and you know, it's fun. It was fun to catch, see friends from high school, pictures and all this stuff. But I, 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 my parents actually moved, my parents moved away from, moved out of state right after I graduated. And so I didn't even come home like on weekends during college and hang out with my high school friends. So I lost a lot of those friendships, um, still, you know, acquaintances, stuff like that. Anyway, this, uh, this woman uh, who I went to high school with died. So I'm 39, you know, not old enough to just die, right? Like randomly, you just don't expect that. Um, and so it makes you stop and think, you know, it makes you sober up a little bit. And I think death in general, man, you know, look, like it feels like, especially when you're young, it feels like you're never going to die when you're in high school, when you're in your 20s. It feels like eat, drink, and be merry, you know, uh, like you're just going to live it up forever. Um, I don't, what I don't understand is how death doesn't sober people up more, like to really stop and think about eternity because people die. And I just wonder if most people really believe like we're just like an animal or a plant where if you die, you become worm food basically. And I'm not trying to be like mock that view. I've just, that's, I've heard that before. And so it's, 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 it's a graphic kind of idea, but you know, your body just dies. Like if a, a raccoon's on the side of the road, you know, it's dead. It's just dead. You're just like, yeah, dead raccoon. It's going to decompose. It's going to become part of the soil. And, you know, I, I think, a, I think deep down, a lot of non-believers must think that about death and eternity. What I don't understand is people that have no, they have no faith in, in anything. Like God, Jesus, Muhammad, Buddha, like nothing. No religion of any kind. And and you'll see this in the media too. If an athlete dies or something, I'm a sports fan, you know, you hear, you'll hear, you will hear announcers talk about these things. Or athletes, and they'll say stuff like, "Well, I know, I know he's looking down on us right now. I know she's looking down on us right now." You do, because you don't believe anything. You you have no God in your life. If you did believe in God, where do you get this idea that everybody is just gonna is going to heaven, and that they're all just gonna look down on you? Like people say stuff like. They're in a better place now. I can't wait to see them again someday. It's just really interesting how I would say the number one, the number one most important thing possible is what happens during eternity, right? I, I mean, Death is more real to me now as a 39-year-old than it was as a 29 and 19-year-old. But I, I thought about eternity then. But as I get older, you know, you just you know more people that die. Praise God, I have my parents still. My wife has her parents still. But we have lots of friends whose parents have died. You know, parents who are our parents' age or younger. And you you start to see the changing of the guard of generations of of my parents' generation passing away and and my kids. They're right on my heels, right? It's like my oldest turns 11 
here in a couple months. She'll be entering middle school next year. And you just go, what? Like, that just, boom, like that. It's just a snap. And it's, so eternity is coming. Like, it is, it is coming. And I think if you are, like, say, a true atheist, and you just believe we're going to turn into worm food. And when somebody dies, you don't say things like they're in a better place or can't wait to see them someday. At least you're consistent. I respect you. I respect that you are consistent. What I don't understand is I think most people think they probably call themselves agnostics of some kind as if that is going to save them. Like, I left open the option that there could be a God <laughs> or Jesus or whatever. And so, when some. I just don't like it when people say things. You're not going to see them again someday. Unless you have. <laughs> like. Okay. Let's say there's a God. Let's say. If Christianity's true and there's a God and we're sinners, and we've rebelled against him, and there's a separation between us and God. You aren't going to see God. You aren't going to see heaven. Period. The Bible talks about hell as the place you're going to see. Is there some ambiguity about what hell is? It's not a devil in a pitchfork? Yes. Is there lots of, uh, there's lots of texts about hell. Uh, some have been tried to be explained away. As more of a of a more of a modern, um, I should say, like a first century reality that Jesus was talking about. There's there's plenty of text still enough that I'm not taking any risks. Okay, about hell being an eternal place, some some type of eternal place that's separated from God, and I'm gonna leave the rest up to God. I, I just think some of these things we really, yeah, you can write a book on it. I'm not taking your I'm not taking your word on it. Right? Like there's enough in the Bible about hell. Call it Hades, call it Gehenna, call it Sheol from the Old Testament. I don't care. I don't care. I know there's eternal life in Jesus and there's separation from God ap apart from that eternally. And uh the the New Testament, you know, the English translation uses hell. And uh there's there's references where I go, okay, that's a real place. Jesus wasn't just making this up, you know, when, when he was uh, trying to always trying to scare people. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, my point is, if all that's true and you don't believe in Jesus, you are not going to see your friend someday. You, you know, you're not going to see God someday. You're not going to be looking down from, if they didn't believe in Jesus, they're not going to be looking down on you. They're not going to, Unless you just believe in like ghosts, like, and then I guess you get so confused because if you're a true atheist, you don't believe in ghosts, you don't believe in supernatural, right? You don't believe in any spiritual beings. So you don't believe in demons, you don't believe in angels, you don't believe in ghosts, you don't believe in, in any type of spiritual realm. So creepy people doing like seances and Ouija boards and creepy, like all that creepy stuff. You're just like, you, to you as an atheist, that's as foolish as Santa Claus. It's as foolish as the Easter Bunny. It's as foolish as Jesus, like being God, right? I can respect your your consistency there. But if somebody believes in like ghosts 
They believe there's a spiritual realm. They believe that there's something beyond the veil, right? The the veil, like we're going to, we, we can't, like that's where funerals to me are so eerie because we go, that person in that casket, I, that's not them. That's their body, but that's not them. That's why I believe in souls. That's why I believe human beings are given souls that are eternal. And, and we go, even that, that that person continues to exist somewhere. Just in the same way that I believe God exists somewhere. And a angels and demons exist and Satan exists. There's a spiritual reality that's just as real as the physical. And I, I just believe there's enough evidence both on the creepy side and on the God doing supernatural things side to go, yeah, there's something else out there. There's something else out there. So if there is something else out there, you've got to, you got to make your bet. You've got to make your bet. If, if it's a poker game or you're betting on horses, you got to put your money on a horse. That's it. Can I convince you that Jesus is 100% airtight, waterproof? No, no, I mean, you got you got these, you know, all these atheist authors, all these people that, that think they have all these great ideas about why it's not true, all this stuff. What I'm saying is you got to make, you got to make a bet. I really don't have philosophical respect for agnostics. I can respect a season of agnosticism where you're trying to figure it out. If you're in that season, you should be reading the Quran. You should be reading the Bible. You should be reading about you know the, the holy the holy books of Hinduism. You should be reading the history of, of religion. You should be looking at New Age stuff. You should be trying to figure out which horse am I going to bet on. Because I promise you, your horse isn't going to win. The horse of your head is not what's going to happen in eternity. It's There's the billions of people that have lived on this planet. You, your idea of what you think supernatural or God or eternity is, I'm not betting on your horse. <laughs> Nobody's betting on your horse but you. So how does that make you feel about your horse? All I'm saying is that eternity is real. Eternity is real. And we're all going to have to face it. And I want to face it with some confidence <laughs> that I'm not trying to save myself, that Jesus is saving me, and that I didn't just make this up in my head. Because whatever I face in eternity, I'd much rather face it saying, holding the Bible and saying, hey, I based I based my eternal destiny on this truth and I saw evidence of it in, 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 in the world and in my life. I experienced it, but it didn't just come from my head. And so when this friend from high school passed away, I just, I'm always struck by comments made by friends who aren't believers, right? I, who are not Christians, might be atheists, might be agnostics. I don't know, just kind of living, you know, make money, live in the suburbs, drink, you know, just kind of living life. Like, right, just 
Eat, drink, and be merry. And, 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 and the comments are, you know, when somebody dies, and another friend had posted a picture of them together and the memories and things, and uh, someone wrote, sending thoughts your way, you know, with a heart emoji. And I mean, that's fine. That's nice. You wrote something. I just need something more than thoughts. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about the potential of, of heaven or hell. We're talking about forever. We're talking about this person ain't coming back. I just need something more than thoughts. I, you often see stuff like thoughts and prayers. Okay. At least we got prayer thrown in there. Prayer. Are you really praying? First of all. But the one that really gets me is positive vibes. Sending positive vibes your way. I, I literally see that. I literally see that sometimes. I didn't read all the comments on this one. I didn't see if someone sent positive vibes. I don't know what the heck a positive vibe is, but I know it's not going to save you. <laughs> I know a positive vibe will not determine your eternal destiny. Maybe you just think, all religious people are a bunch of wackos to believe in eternity. Maybe eternity is as dumb to you as Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. Whew, I mean, that's a big gamble. That is a big, big gamble. And I know they, they're not always consistent, the stories, but people see stuff when they die. People that experience something like heaven and they and then they they're resuscitated and they come back. People experience something like hell and then they're resuscitated and they come back. That stuff that freaks me out. Like I don't think all those people are lying. My friend Kevin DeVries, you could go back. I don't remember what episode it was, but he died, and uh, you'll have to listen to it. It was like he had brain activity, but his heart had stopped but it was enough that he had this experience with jesus he was like in that i don't know <laughs> we don't know he was in that temporal plane like he, and jesus talked to him and sent him back for for this that that stuff's real i just i i mean because you see it on you see it i got a book on this bookshelf behind me all these books I'm so intelligent. I'm so smart. Look at all the books I own. I've probably read 30% of those books. <laughs> Maybe half. Sometimes you people give you their old libraries. I, I did get rid of a lot of books when we moved. So, yeah. But anyway, one of those books back there, it's a little book a guy wrote about going to hell for 20 minutes or whatever it is, you know? I just... I'm not saying, I, I I can't look at all those people's stories and say, you're all crazy. You're all lying. You're all trying to get fame. I don't think so. That guy's not famous. <laughs> like his book is self-published. He's just trying to, he's like, I saw hell and I want people to know Jesus. And he's a Christian now. I just, I just, eternity. So it leads me to evangelism. We, we as believers of Jesus, we, we've got to be telling people about Jesus. We've got to be telling people about Jesus. It does matter. I think there's a big pendulum swing. I just told a story yesterday in my sermon 
where I grew up uh, when I was really little. Like when I was uh, four, we moved from Wisconsin to Kentucky. And so I was entering kindergarten as a five-year-old. And in Wisconsin, uh, my brothers and I went to a Christian school. And so they, they enrolled us in the local Christian school. We kind of lived in, I can say this on the podcast, it felt disrespectful in my sermon, but I, I feel like I'm always disrespectful on the podcast. <laughs> uh, within reason, within reason. Um, Backwoods, Kentucky. We, we lived in Backwoods, Kentucky for three, four years. And so I was in this 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 Baptist school, K through six probably, uh, in kindergarten. And you know we had to go to chapel. And what I remember from chapel is the chapel speaker standing on the front pew, screaming, uh, you know, yelling. And uh, the joke was it wasn't a joke; it was serious. You didn't want to sit near those front rows because you'd get spit on. He would spray. Like as he yelled, the spit with spray would come out and you'd get spat on. <laughs> and it's comical, right? And, and 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 you see the hellfire and brimstone stuff and we and we cringe from it. And frankly, and we didn't my parents took us out of that school and and we went to public school after that, which was great. And uh, our churches growing up, they were conservative, but like not not like the wacko like you know, when I say, I know I shouldn't say that. That's mean. I know. I'm sorry. I mean, like, we grew up not in, we did not grow up in churches like that, where people were screaming about hell from the front pew, spitting on everyone. But it was a gospel of pray the prayer, right? We would do VBS with kids and pray the prayer. And it was a lot of fear from hell conversation. You don't want to go to hell, do you? Right? So pray this prayer. And... I just never saw much fruit in that in people's lives. I'm not saying God can't use that. In fact, I prayed a prayer when I was four years old in my Christian preschool, the one in Wisconsin, not the screamy one, but the the one that my parents liked. I'm not saying God can't use it, but I don't don't think that's how we should share the gospel. I'm not even sure that is the gospel. Uh, Ask Jesus into your heart. You know, this kind of this cognitive belief in Jesus even the demons believe in God and shudder in fear, the book of James tells us, right? So good luck. Belief isn't in God, you know, even belief in Jesus, like a cognitive ascent. What my point is, I'd have friends pray that prayer because I'd bring them to youth group and they'd hear a message. And it was, I don't remember, but it was often about hell. Why would you want to go to hell? Nobody wants that. So so here's Jesus. He's your buddy and he'll save you. And their their lifestyle never changed. They didn't. They weren't interested in coming to church. Because they never committed to Jesus. They never made him the Lord of their life. They never actually repented. These are all actual New Testament concepts when it comes to salvation. Yes, we're saved by grace when we repent, when we turn and and we make Jesus our Lord. Anyway, so my point is there's a pendulum way over here when it comes to evangelism that I I think those of us that experience that, we go, that's one, it's not cool. That's embarrassing. And two, it's not effective. We saw the fruit of that, that like that didn't create lifelong followers of Jesus that love Jesus. So we've swung this pendulum way over here in, in two ways. I think one, we want to be relevant to the world so much. We want to be cool. We would never say something uh, offensive. We would never say to someone, the fact there is a reality of heaven and hell. You know, the idea of God's wrath back even in the, 
but normal to talk about God's wrath in sermons. I, I, I'm not a scholar on these, you know, but Jonathan Edwards and those guys, they, they would do whole sermons on that. There's, he has a famous sermon called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Have that be your next sermon series at your church and see how it goes over. Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. <laughs> and, and so the pendulum swung so far. We don't want to talk about it because we want to be so cool. We want to be accepted by culture. Because who wants to convert to the, the crazy guy with the megaphone on the corner yelling at people, telling them they're going to hell? Uh, I don't want to be like him. But if I drink, you know, craft beer and I have an amazing beard, which I do have, look at my amazing beard. People are going to look at this amazing beard and they're going to go, I want to follow Jesus too because of you have an amazing beard. That's what we think. That and, and if we wear cool clothes and our pastor wears cool clothes and we have rock and roll music, now we're cool. And, and we focus so much on that stuff because we think it'll get people into church and then they'll learn about Jesus. And that's fine. I, I'm not opposed to many of those things. And, and I do think they can help get people into church and, and hear about Jesus. But it, it's like we've lost our ability and the, the drive, the need to actually tell people about Jesus. Tell our friends and our even our you know acquaintances. Again, we've seen it done wrong so much that we just don't do it anymore. We've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. I there the, the, you, you're not a um, you're not a salesperson. You're not a hey, let me get to know you just so I can sell you Jesus. We're talking about real relationships, really loving people. But, but really having a reality. If we believe in eternity, we believe in a heaven and a hell and whatever that looks like. It, yeah, sure. So, some believe hell. You go there and, and, and it's, it's you know, you're annihilated. Annihilationism. That's fine. There's some scriptures that, that seem to lean that way. There's others that seem to lean towards the, the ongoing awareness, the consciousness and the suffering. I don't know. I don't know. I don't tend to find out. I don't plan on finding out. I'll just put it that way. Uh, I got Jesus and I, I'm, uh, I'm planning to find a little more out about what heaven's like and the new earth when Jesus comes back. Uh, but my point isn't to get into the nuance of that. It's to say, don't let some watered down view of hell stop you from evangelizing because somehow you think, oh, it actually won't be that bad. What if it is? You can't go back. I mean, one of the stories, Jesus with the rich man and Lazarus, not Lazarus, the guy he raises from the dead, but his, it's not really a parable. He never says it's a parable. He just kind of tells this story. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. You know, maybe it's like a parable. Maybe it's actual. It's in the book of Luke again. I don't remember what chapter. But uh, on earth, the the rich man had it all and Lazarus was a poor beggar and didn't have anything and the rich man wouldn't give him anything and they die and in the uh, the rich man goes to hell and uh, Lazarus goes up to be with Abraham in heaven and uh, what is it I, again I'm paraphrasing here but basically the rich man is suffering he's like hell sucks <laughs> like I I don't want to be here and I think he wanted Lazarus to like put a drop of water on his tongue something like that and uh, he gets concerned for his I believe it's his brothers his family he's like well somebody needs to go 
and tell them about, and he says, I believe, Moses, about which is referring to the Bible, referring to the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. Somebody needs to go and tell them. Somebody needs to go and evangelize them. This is before Jesus died on the cross, right? So that's, that's a whole other interesting the mind trip theologically. Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet. But he's talking about this guy that's in hell. <clears throat> and he was in hell because he didn't feed a beggar. But that's a whole other rabbit trail. <laughs> but the point is, uh, it was Lazarus or the angel, I don't remember. It, they say, there's a chasm here. It's really wide between hell and us where God is. We can't cross it. We can't we can't come we can't come to you to put a drop of water on your tongue. And they say if oh here's where the part about Moses comes in. The the rich guy in hell says, "Go tell him about this place. It sucks. I don't want him to come here. Tell him to believe. Believe in God, believe in Jesus." And that's when it's either Lazarus or the angel, whoever's talking, says if they don't believe in Moses, like they don't believe the prophets, they don't believe the scriptures that are telling them this already, they've got it right in front of them. They're not going to believe even if someone comes back from the dead. If you came back from the dead and told them, they wouldn't believe you because they don't, they're not believing the prophets themselves. That's actually hard for me to believe. I feel like if one of your loved ones had died, you went to their funeral and I don't know, a few weeks later, they show up, maybe they're like, they got some smoke and steam coming off of them, a little black ash. On hey, I've been in hell for three weeks. It's real. You should really believe in that Jesus guy. You don't want to go here. I think they might be persuaded. Uh, but the angel or Lazarus again, I don't have it in front of me. They say, hey, they're not going to believe you. They're not going to believe someone from the dead. They don't. Their point is they already know. And they, they have a hard heart. They're stubborn. They put all their money on their own horse. Once you bet on your own horse, it's hard to take their, your money off of it. It's hard to admit, uh-oh, my horse ain't looking so good. <laughs> can I can I remove my bet and put it on the Jesus horse, please? And so let me just kind of wrap up with this. You can change your bet. You can. Now, as long as you have air in your lungs. Uh, you can't. Once you die, <laughs> you're gone. You're you're. Your bet gets cashed in at that time. Whoever you bet on to save you, we're gonna find out if that bet if that bet cashes out or not. So for Christians, I just really encourage you to think about eternity, think about your friends and family, think about proper ways of, of sharing the good news of Jesus in loving, respectful, relational ways, inviting them to church, being at a church that's actually evangelistic. Uh, in, in the way you do church. And, and if somehow you've stumbled on this podcast and you're not a believer in Jesus, I would just encourage you highly to, to, to change your bet, to change your bet. I, I'm resting in Jesus, and I can rest in that. I just preached on 1 John 4, 13 through 21, and it's it was beautiful. It talked about having confidence on the day of judgment. The day of judgment's coming for all of us. I have confidence on the day of judgment because I can point to Jesus. I can point to the cross. I can point to the empty tomb. I have confidence in that. I want you to have that same confidence. There's no way I'd have confidence in myself to save me or even in a 
you know, you got Joseph Smith, you got Muhammad. These are just humans. They were, they, they're self-proclaimed prophets. That's fine. But I'm not, I'm not trusting a human to save me. No, I'm trusting God to save me. I'm trusting God in the flesh, Jesus, to save me. And I'm putting my confidence in him. I'm not trusting myself that I could be good enough to save myself. So, uh, so yeah, let me, let me leave you with that. Pornography. It's not a comfortable subject, but 94% of men and 87% of women have seen pornography at some point in their lives. Has porn impacted your life and your relationships? Here's the good news. You can begin the journey to freedom today and have peace of mind knowing you're not alone in the fight. That's how Covenant Eyes works, through biblical accountability. When you sign up, you choose an ally to receive your device reports and walk with you towards a life free from porn and the life that God desires for you. Try it free for 30 days by visiting CovenantEyes.com and enter promo code BEYOND at checkout. That's CovenantEyes.com, promo code BEYOND at checkout. Freedom begins today. All right, all right. So, we're gonna we're gonna end the uh, we're gonna end all we're gonna end the good part of the episode. We're gonna leave you with that we've talked about LGBTQ people and and our our our, our need as the church of how how to treat them well and, and that it that they're they're there's not just two there's not just two stances on that subject. And 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 uh, being biblical, uh, I think is is, you, yeah. There's not just two stances. We'll just we. I don't need to repeat everything I said. Uh, we talked about eternity. We talked about evangelism, eternity. These are really really good stuff. I hope I hope it's helped you. I hope it's helped. Uh, I hope it's helped stretch you and change you and and change your heart. So this alarm going off right now behind me means that all that part's over. The helpful part's over. The good part of the episode is over. This next section is not going to help you. This next section is called Noah's Rant. And uh, it is sponsored by Angry Brew. So thank you, Angry Brew, for enabling us. And it's just a time... It is a part of the show to make the world a better place. But it is a, it's an attempt at, at humor, at comedy. So if you don't like humor... Uh, you should stop listening right now. In fact, if you do like humor, you should probably stop listening right now too, because this is not good humor. It's 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 an attempt at humor. I hope you enjoy. But you've been warned. The warning alarm has gone off. You've been warned. You've been warned to stop listening. Uh, and so, with that, we will now enter the one and the only Noah's rant. Noah's rant. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Much staying in theme with this episode seventy. That's sort of all over the place of many subjects. I'm not exactly sure number. I don't think I have a number one rant today. I think I think we're gonna kind of compile a couple nickels together and see if we can make a quarter. See what I'm saying? I don't think I have a quarter for you today. I think I have a couple nickels together, and we'll compile them. We're gonna start with a, a, a recent trip that I took. Uh, my wife and I went to 
the Goshen, Indiana area. Shout out, Goshen. Shout out, Indiana. We were looking for a little place to go within two hours of where we live in Grand Rapids and uh, get away from our kids, have a little just marriage time. And so that's where my wife picked. She's like, yeah, I got a cabin. It's nice. It's kind of an Amish country. It's like, yeah, that's cool. It sounds nice and peaceful. Oh, by the way, it's right next to Shipshawana. And so if you, if, you know, that's all right. We'll just go there for a day as well. Um, yeah, so those of you that don't know, I don't know how world famous Shipshawana is. But it is, uh, in, in these parts... It is a it is a known flea market. It is maybe they claim to be the world's largest flea market. I don't know. I haven't been to a flea market in a long time. Uh, what is a flea market? It's basically people selling junk at little tents. And this one's famous because it's big. So that is part of my rant. Yes, that I had to go to Shipshawana. And walk around. I was hoping there'd be some some uh, some uh, you know tents where you could like. I remember as a kid, I think going to some flea markets with my my mom, and and I remember like me baseball memorabilia, sports like old baseball cards and stuff like that. They didn't have any of that. There 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 was one guy's doing sports stuff, but it was it was just new. You know, just selling. Whatever. It wasn't old. It wasn't baseball cards and collector's items, things like that. It was it was like a lot of little trinkety things like you never need things things you'd never need, you know, um little things to put on your crocs, little charms for your crocs, the shoe. Uh little things to put on the back of your cell phone. Uh they they had um Somebody was selling groceries there, like in a, a tent. Um, not pro I produce, that's cool. Like I'm fresh, you know, farmer. That's but like boxes of cereal and Oreos. It's very like where do they get this stuff from? Uh, medicine. You know, I saw people around this medicine bucket, like like this. It was this wooden thing, just random. It was like someone just got all the clearance stuff at the pharmacy and put it in this middle thing and they're looking at like well this one doesn't expire until november <laughs> so let's get, i don't know it's just it was a it was a life-changing experience for me lots of donald trump flags lots of he will be back flags i would say that was the most that was the most uh probably the most um tent per capita was was donald trump uh memorabilia and flags and hats and 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 things let's go brandon flags one of my personal favorites a lot many of those as well one of them i did i do believe you could buy guns there guns and ammo so uh yeah it was interesting it was interesting so you know we uh we we did that one thing i bought so uh, my my so so part of this rant is shipshawana just as a whole and my wife very sneakily uh getting us to go there for our our vacation and and uh, my my two daughters need sunglasses, so they're my daughters are they're eight and ten, they're almost nine and eleven. I, uh, they, their birthdays are coming up, so 
they're too old. They have, we have like little kid sunglasses at home with Elsa and Anna on them and unicorns. And they're too old for those. They don't want to wear those anymore. But they're too little. They're too young for adult sunglasses. They're just too big on their heads, right? So I've been looking. I want kid sunglasses that don't have a bunch of little baby stuff, you know, on them. And I found them. Hey, it's flea market. Perfect. <clears throat> and these, uh, it's, I, th I don't know. I think this is stuff that doesn't sell in stores because it is relatively cheap. Uh, some of the stuff there, right? And it was three for ten dollars. I was like, hey. And they, I, my driving sunglasses in our minivan have been scratched. I, I don't like wearing scratched sunglasses, so I need another pair. So I, I picked up a pair there, and uh, great. So get to the car <clears throat> later, and when we're done, and you know how sunglasses have those clear stickers on them, UV protection, whatever they say. So I'm peeling those stickers off, and I, I realized that in the corner of the sunglasses, like on the glass, there's a brand, there's a brand name painted on the glass. So it's not a sticker. I can't get it off. And I look at it, and the brand of sunglasses is Gas Monkey, okay? Gas Monkey. I bought some Gas Monkey sunglasses. And now everyone will know that I have Gas Monkey sunglasses because it's it's painted in the corner of the sunglasses. that you, you can't take paint off. I mean, I could try with a razor blade. I may, but I'm sure I will scratch the glass or or peel off the finish or, or whatever. So I'm sitting there going, look, if you are to buy Oakley's, let's say you are a sunglass aficionado and you want to drop 200 bucks on a pair of Oakley's, you, you want it to say Oakley on the side. You want people to know I'm wearing Oakley's. Look at the big O or look at the word Oakley along the side of these glasses. If you buy Ray-Ban, you, you want people to see that you're wearing Ray-Ban sunglasses. Let me say this. If you buy Gas Monkey sunglasses at a flea market for $3.33, you do not want people to know that you're wearing Gas Monkey sunglasses, okay? I, I am totally good with wearing Gas Monkey sunglasses. In fact, $3, $3 that is my price range. Anything above that for sunglasses, I'm probably not buying. I'll just be honest with you. Because what do I do with sunglasses? I, I break them and lose them. So it's not right. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pay for something I can break and lose. But I I don't need everyone to know that I'm wearing three dollar sunglasses. I don't need everyone to know that I'm wearing gas monkey sunglasses. It just kind of makes me wonder about the the owners of gas monkey the maybe the the workers at gas monkey are, are they are they really proud of their brand like do they really think that people want to represent the gas monkey brand that that they would that they would paint they'd have to paint that on the glasses i mean when i was little my parents i can't i still don't know if we were poor or just really cheap i i don't know if we but I know that I had all the off-brand crap when I was little. And I got made fun of. Because I had rustler jeans, which you'd buy at Meyer or Walmart. I remember a kid in elementary school telling me I wore girl jeans. And 
you know, I, I had Spalding shoes, Turntech shoes, uh, Rawlings shoes while my friends are wearing like Air Jordans and things like that. When you wear the generic brand, you don't, you, you want it to blend in. You don't want this big brand uh, that says, I'm poor or I'm cheap or I'm like, <laughs> do you feel me? Does anyone saying amen right now? Back to your, maybe your, your, your upbringing or, or whatever it may be. So, so, so that's Gas Monkey. I don't know. It doesn't feel like that's a 25 cent Noah's rant. Like that doesn't get what you're after. But that just happened to me recently. And I, I, I had to share that with you all, uh, with you all. And I'll keep you posted. I, I may, I may just try to chip off the Gas Monkey with my, with the razor blade. But then the problem is I'm lazy I don't want to go spend $3 again at some store. I just need sunglasses in my van. So I think I'm just going to keep the gas. I'm just going to rock out. In fact, I think I'm going to reach out to Gas Monkey and just see if they'll sponsor the flip side. And I will be a celebrity uh, uh, brand, brand and ambassador. <laughs> so my level of celebrity is about equal to the Gas Monkey level of, of uh, status, I think. In our <laughs> so there will be a perfect fit it would be a, it'll be a perfect fit so here's a here's a couple of bonuses uh also not worth a whole nose rant this will be quick two words for you two words these are real these are these are real words one of them is dongle dongle d-o-n-g-l-e dongle a dongle is the technical term the official term for an adapter that you put in a computer that helps it hook into, say, a projector. Uh, Macs are notorious for dongles because they're always changing all the plugs on them as they come out with new iPhones and new MacBooks. You can't use USB anymore, and they change the charger port. So you have to get a dongle in order to adapt your old cord into the new device. You've really got to wonder what kind of sick, twisted, demented person labeled that adapter a dongle. There, they, there's no way. That, that had to be a practical joke. Somebody had to have lost a bet at the factory or on the design floor. And then their boss was completely drunk when they, when they got the submission of the name dongle i don't what is that in latin is there is there greek or latin that i'm missing here the root word of dongle that that, that has to do with an adapter into a computer walk into a apple store and say yes could i see your selection of dongles please just do it and see what they say see what they say and report report back to me so that's one it's another nickel dongle just the word dongle while we're going down that path chafing dishes chafing dishes i don't know about you but i don't i don't want my dishes chafing i don't really i don't really want anything chafing i but i really don't want my dishes chafing i'm not just try, i'm not trying to be a middle schooler here i'm not these are words 
we've let other middle schoolers name these things and we've just gone along with them like it's okay. We say the words to each other with straight faces. It's not okay. We need to stop the middle schoolers from naming these things. Dongle, chafing dishes. A chafing dish is if you are at a, a dinner or a banquet and it is catered, or maybe your church has these for when you have meals out, and you put the, the big metal rectangle with the food on top of a frame that holds it up off the, off the table, and then you light a candle under it that uh, it burns forever. It's not a candle. It's like a, a wick floating in some kind of flammable fluid, and that flames underneath the, your chafing dish. That is a chafing dish. I'm not sure which part of that is the chafing and which part is the dish. If if the whole th all all the components is the chafing dishes, the flame in the in the frame and the the rectangle. But chafing dishes, friends, that's wrong. It's an injustice. Can someone please come up with a new name? A new name for they're just they're just the the food serving dish they're just food serving dishes in a candle what what about that we have to call chafing i don't know okay so you got you got a lot of nickels here you got a you got a lot <laughs> you got a lot of nickels today in Noah's rant i'm telling you some some Noah's rants are good i i really believe that i i think some Noah's rants are actually good some Sometimes you just got to fill the programming, folks. Uh, uh, sometimes you just got to fill the programming. And that, that may have been today. But hey, I, 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 got, I got the therapy I needed to talk about my gas monkey sunglasses. So I appreciate that. Thank you for listening to episode 70 of the Flipside Podcast. We'll be back. Episode 71. And please subscribe. Go to YouTube. Watch us our videos there. You can subscribe elsewhere uh, to get our five-minute flips and all of our audio episodes as well. Head over to patreon.com slash noahphilippiak. Become a patron. And if we get to 30, I will shave a handlebar mustache. 15, not 30. 15. I will see you next time on The Flip Side. The Flip Side with Noah Philippia is a Beyond Ministries production. Copyright Noah Philippia. www.noahphilippiac.com. Theme music by Kyle Lake at Kalake Music. Used with permission. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever podcasts are found. It's time to bring me closer. There's no purgatory because you're in or you're out. When you see them in the clouds, you know it's going down. Raise them, raise them, raise them. They've been sleeping for some ages. Now all God's babies so confused by this hatred. Poor pit preachers shouldn't aim to be A-list. Money probably long, but short is with your days. And you